0: Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 3, Episode 16 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. This is a special edition, Pea Soupers, a hearty soup full of fabulous ingredients for you to enjoy. It's my interview with Dr. Becky Quick. Becky is a clinical psychologist who specialises in supporting women through the perimenopause and the menopause, particularly around the associated anxiety – She uses acceptance and commitment therapy, or ACT, as an essential part of her approach. Let's go over to Becky for a little insight.
1: I'm I'm quite clear in my mind that the world really needs women at this point and post-menopause to be thriving and to be leaders. And we really need these women with the wisdom that they bring and the experience that they bring. Yeah, we need them more than ever. Mm. And... But actually what's happening is a lot of women are, you know, leaving their careers through the menopause and holding themselves back, not progressing, not going for those promotions on fear of not being able to, you know, be able to kind of carry out that role or just kind of feeling very, very anxious um, and low in self-confidence. So,
0: In this episode, we also talk about Becky's career path and some big decisions she's made, and there's one of the best takeaways we've ever had. PeopleSoup is a community of people who are interested in behavioural science at work and how we can make it accessible, fun and useful for ourselves and each other. At work, behavioural science has the capacity to enhance our wellbeing, help us be the person we want to be more often, and provide us with perspectives to enable cooperation, collaboration and innovation. It was psychologist Abraham Maslow who said, A first-rate soup is more creative than a second-rate painting. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. More than ever, the world of work is a heady mix of people, behaviour, events and challenges. When the blend is right, it can be first-rate. Behavioural science and psychology has a lot to offer in terms of recipes, ingredients, seasoning, spices and utensils. So welcome to People Soup. In news, usually if I have a longer interview, I split it into two parts. This interview flowed so well that I decided to create one episode, and you, dear P-Supers, can choose to listen in as many installments as you wish. For convenience, I've added another first, a commercial break. I'll put the exact timing of the break on the show notes, but it will be around the halfway mark. Don't get too excited, I haven't bagged a major sponsorship deal, but I do have something I'd like to promote. If you do enjoy the podcast, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and review it, whatever platform you're on. It helps us reach more people with stuff that could be useful. But for now, get a brew on and have a listen to my conversation with the brilliant Dr. Becky Quick. I am here in a virtual environment with Dr. Becky Quick, and I've been so excited about this meeting. I'm a little bit giddy. Becky, welcome to people Soup.
1: Oh, thanks, Ross. It's very, very good to be here. Really good. I'm such a massive P-Super fan. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting.
0: Oh, bless you. That that means so much to me. And I'm going to kick off right away with our research department, because, you know, the people who research department (laughs) like to explore our guests a bit. (laughs) And I just want to cover what they've noted about you. And go on. See if any of it resonates. If and some of it might be completely untrue, but um, hey, let's see where we get to. So it says here, Doctor Becky Quick, from fear to fulfillment. I love that as a strap line, by the way. <laughs> and and you know what? Seriously, you bring this to life in everything that you do. I see you on different media channels, and. It just really resonates with that. And, and there was a quote you put up a few weeks ago or days ago, I can't remember, yeah. from Brené Brown. And it sums up for me what you do. And it said, um, courage is like, it's a habitus, a habit, a virtue. You get it by courageous acts. It's like you learn to swim by swimming. You learn to courage by couraging. And I love that quote. Yeah. And it kind of encapsulates you for me, what you do. I think you are out there and you are, I think it was Kelly Wilson in the Act World who said you're living your life out loud.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's obviously great to hear because, yeah, I am absolutely walking my talk and i think that's how i've because i've i know we'll get into this but i've pivoted my my practice recently from my own experiences of progressing in my business and actually Mm. getting getting out there with all the fears of being visible and all that kind of stuff but it's really for it is really fulfilling it really is yeah I
0: i think you really you couldn't be more on brand (laughs) <laughs> than, than you are, and and the words that my research department wrote down were inspiration, innovator, courageous, pioneer. Oh! They box. also thought they also <laughs> thought you were you were in the running for glasses wearer of the year, <gasps> two thousand and nineteen. That may be a news to you, but, but oh, apparently that I is love the that case.
1: yes yeah, I do love my glasses.
0: Yeah, and it says here possibly that you hail from kirby lonsdale
1: I oh, do. oh yes yes you are correct yeah
0: now all i know about kirby lonsdale is from a fleeting journey through it because my sister's moved to a place called ostwick yeah which ostwick, is not yeah, that yeah. far from yeah. kirby lonsdale yeah. and the first time i went to visit was earlier this year and we were picked up from Oxenholm,
2: yeah
0: Brackets Lake District. Yeah. <laughs> and we drove through Kirby Lonsdale. And you know what was happening in the middle of a park there? God. There were at least 30 people doing Tai Chi mm. in the middle of a park in Kirby Lonsdale next to the road. No, that and did I...
1: not go on when I was growing up there.
0: <laughs> and I thought, this, this, this feels quite odd. And bear in mind, I live in Brighton where all sorts of
1: strange stuff
0: goes on but I was like crikey this feels (laughs) a bit different
1: (laughs) well I'm feeling a bit upset that it was only a fleeting visit you really need to go and um, yeah spend some time in Cobra Lonsdale it is amazing up there I was very blessed to grow up in such a fantastic town, which, and, and also just great because it's nestled right between the lakes and dales. Mm. So, um, yeah, so on my way to school, I'd start off in Cumbria, I'd go into Lancashire, and then I went to school in Yorkshire. So it was like...
0: Oh, blimey, <laughs> the, right best right, of, yeah. the best of many worlds. Yeah,
2: Absolutely, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, there's just a bit more from the research department. Um, apparently, you may or may not be involved in conversations with Chanel as a lipstick ambassador. <laughs> I know, not sure about that. I'm not gonna ask you to comment. But, oh that's funny. But I want to talk about where we met, because I think where we met was when you came along to the two day training that me and Paul Flaxman did. Yeah. In that I think it's a church hall.
1: It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and what was really amazing about that, in terms of backtracking on that journey, is that we met kind of on social media, and I find this fascinating because um, obviously listen to your podcasts and all that kind of stuff. But it got to the point where, because if you do comment and blah 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 blah, then then it can get to the point where you feel like you do know that person. So when we met, when <laughs> I remember coming, when I came to the. Um, to the hall. Hmm. I just like gave you a massive hug Yeah, <laughs> you feel like some long lost friend. <laughs> but that is the power of social media. I do think that we can we can build relationships. Um, Great. on it. So um yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did I had actually met Paul before because a while ago I got the act
0: in the workplace book. It was Paul with some other yeah, so it's Paul Baxman, yes. Frank Bond and yes, Frederick what. Livheim. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah.
1: So I remember reading that and just like dreaming of maybe doing something like that because I was doing some other work at the time. Mm. And then went to a conference in Manchester around self-care and Paul was there. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh, is this the man that wrote this book? So um, so met him and he kindly shared the manual with me mm. to kind of try out. So yeah. So I kind of met him, but um, but we met at that two-day conference, which was, mm. which was fab, really good, really good.
0: And firstly, that manual could be the basis for a new book, if I can persuade Paul.
1: Yeah, it needs to be,
0: yeah. And secondly, absolutely agree. We, we met on social media. I felt like I knew you already. And you know what? You were one of the anchors in the room for me because that was quite a talking about from fear to fulfillment, that was quite a nerve wracking thing to do. You were one of my anchors in the front row there. Yeah, sitting there and and you're very gracious to laugh at some of my <laughs> daftness and it just felt really comforting
1: yeah oh that's great well it's well i i yeah i love the thought of being your anchor but it was um it's amazing isn't it how different perceptions we have you know so we're all sat there just thinking you guys have got you know you do such fab work and mm. we're just Lapping it up, but of course you're there thinking, "Oh my goodness!" You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there's one other thing I want to mention, which I've all, always been jealous of with you, <laughs> and it's an F word: fringe. Ah, oh, my fringe. You yeah. see, with my hair, <laughs> I've never had the possibility of a fringe, and I've got a big forehead anyway. So I think, like, <laughs> your fringe is something I I covet.
1: Well, you see, the thing is, the fringe and the lipstick, they're related. And it's mm. very much been in the past, you know, couple of years where I've just thought, God damn it, I want a fringe. You know, yeah. I, really, you know I kind of, I have actually always wanted one. Um, and the hairdressers all put, always put me off. But I, yeah, I went for it and I, and I love it. And the same with the lipstick. I've never worn lipstick ever um you know as a teenager or anything and then just not that long ago i sort of tried some lipstick on i was like god damn it i'm Mm -hmm. yeah i can wear lipstick whenever i want to so yeah it's
0: (laughs) hell yeah 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 (laughs) so that that i think that concludes my research department's notes so how did we do
1: yeah yeah all true all true excellent
0: (laughs) excellent look forward to hearing about those deals then. brilliant (laughs) (laughs) Jackie, one thing I love to ask my guests is ask for a song choice that they would use to, they would automatically play when they entered a room, arrived at work, arrived in their lounge or their kitchen. Each time they entered a new environment, this song would play. And this isn't forever. It's just for the next few weeks. (laughs) Would you be willing to share a song that that you might choose for that?
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, Ross, obviously, because I'm such a massive P Super fan, I've heard you ask this question before. Mm. And I've even asked myself, you know, privately Mm. while I'm listening to the podcast, what would mine be? And I've tried so hard to have, like, a really cool song. I mm. really like the thought, yeah, that's a really cool song. But I cannot get away from this really strong association. Talk about frame and relational frame theory. This strong frame of me entering somewhere and... This is so not cool. And the final countdown by
0: Europe is oh.
1: playing... You
0: know that you know what it is. But I,
1: I need to explain why a, go, go go a go why. go yeah! yeah. yeah the, the 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 reason why is because. When I was growing up, from the age of eight to Mm. 18 till I left school, I was a season ticket holder with my dad for Blackburn Rovers, BRFC. Mm. So we used to go to Blackburn Rovers week in, week out. And that's what they played when the Rovers, when (laughs) when the... When the teams came out, mm. you know, to the beginning of the of the game, that's what played around Ewood Park, if there are any Blackburn Ravens fans. This year. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so it used to play. So whenever I think about entering, when I've listened um, to that question, thought about it, it's just come into my head. The final countdown by europe i'm i'm a, I, and i both love it and hate it
0: i think it's a great one to rock <laughs> out to people would noticing you coming in there'd maybe be flames around you as well i'm guessing
1: <laughs> oh i don't it's, generally listen to that music but anyway yeah but, that's what's but
0: there. at the football did they have different lyrics to it or do you no, remember? no, no
1: it was no it was the um
0: is it? we're heading to yeah, Venus yeah, yeah. No, no 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 no
1: yeah and by that point there'd be the you know the guy on the speaker saying oh yeah. you know welcome to whatever well, <laughs> <laughs> you know. but it's got I mean it, yeah it was an amazing phase of my life you know going to watch yeah. going to watch the Rovers I love so. that
0: it feels quite evocative too and <laughs> it's a cracking choice um, <laughs> a little a little um, insight quite often when me and the good Dr. Flaxman are on the road. <laughs> yeah. We're on the train chewing the fat. Yeah. Um, we can't have to just have a random song that's the theme for that trip. <laughs> More than once, it's been the final countdown.
1: No, has it?
0: Where just between trainings or in the breaks, we'll just go to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so Okay. There's, there's some alignment there. Oh, I love it. Oh. Or, or, or attunement. Becky, I think you've touched on it a little bit, but how did you get into ACT?
1: Mm, okay. Um, well, I because I'm quite a late, kind of a late comer, I think, to the, to the ACT party, relatively late, because my, so I'm trained as a clinical psychologist and my career really was quite sort of straightforward and kind of average really in terms of, you know, doing the, my undergrad degree, a couple of years as an assistant, doctorate course. And then I specialise in working with children and families mm. um, straight after my doctorate. More specifically, I've been working with children who experience developmental trauma. So children who are in foster care or um, adopted or residential care. So was very much in that world, very much in that world. And then I left the NHS in about just nearly 5 years ago. That's a long story, but it was after having my second child. Um it just wasn't going to kind of work. Um so I decided to set up my own business, mm. which is just fascinating just doing. So I and I decided to do the work I'd always done in the NHS for donkey's years, you know, privately.
2: Mm. Um
1: so the same work but the kind of fear of doing that in a different kind of context was was massive actually and and a lot of growth came from that even though I mean I look back on that fa- phase of my life and even though it was really stressful because um setting up you know I'd never planned to Work for myself. I thought I'd be in a chest the day I died. So it was a new thing that I hadn't planned for. It was the end of maternity leave, um, so we hadn't, you know, hadn't like planned for finances and all that kind of stuff. And it was very scary. But actually, it's probably one of the most fulfilling phases of my life. It really, really was. So at that point, I was renting a therapy room local to here, mm. and. I would do that on a Saturday morning, and there would be these people on a, on a Saturday late morning going up to this lovely attic room that they had there. and And I was like, "What are they doing?" And actually, a couple of psychologists that I knew, so I was like, "What are you doing, screwing up there?" And they were going on to do they were going up to um, an act training course mm. that that was being held there. Um, so I was like. Ooh, what's this act and and sort of looked into it and obviously i've been trained very much in cbt you know throughout my doctorate wasn't using that massively in the work i did but was kind of intrigued anyway looked into it cut long story short then mm. went on to this act foundation course and oh, just like everything felt like it fell into place mm. I was just like oh my word this is this just it just really landed so well with me yeah I I loved it especially having trained in CBT you know it's obviously it's a it's just a different angle on you know the Mm. thoughts and feelings and behaviours and And it just, yeah, it resonated, you know, very strongly with me. So then, but was still then doing my work, my child work, Hmm. but was incorporating that, some of the ACT work actually, with parents that I was working with. I mean, obviously I worked a lot with children, but I, you know, I did a lot of work, you know, with with parents. So, and that was very well received because, so the parents um, and carers that I was working with, you know, they, they're, they're there there were struggles, and there always are. You know, going to be mm-hmm. lots of struggles with the children that they're caring for. So actually, the act approach really helped them be able to be the parents they wanted to be, and kind of take all that, take all those struggles with them, rather than trying mm-hmm. to get to a place where it wasn't difficult. Sort of be willing to sort of sit with that, really. So I use that a lot within that work. But then, and then did more training in that, and then obviously thought about thought about acting in the workplace. But mm. then, about this time last year, well, it's about September in 2018. I had a bit of a a bit of a uh, awakening, as we might call it, or midlife clarity. So changed my practice. I don't know if you want me to talk about that now or
0: I want to come on to that. But first of all, you said something about your career was fairly average career hello, <laughs> did you listen to what you just said? And well, it was meant, amazing yeah. what you did. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no average about that. No,
1: I guess, sorry, what I probably meant, probably average wasn't the right word, it was more sort of pretty standard, pretty standard mm. in terms of, the tri- not standard as in everyone does that sort of thing, yeah. but as in very much a kind of pattern, of doing what you know a lot of my cohort yeah. doing and then more recently i've kind of gone <laughs> in a like slightly different mm. way so so yeah yeah
0: and i love obviously there was meaning and purpose in what you were doing there yeah, yeah. the work with yeah. children
1: yeah oh i and loved I like... it i did love it i am I, I, very very pl- blessed to have really loved um my career mm. um, yeah i did love that work
0: and what at what point did you think Hey, I might leave this career.
1: Well, it's 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 actually almost very cliche in that. So last year I turned forty, and um, I also had a really significant trip to Australia to see my grandma. So my mum's Australian, um, and her and my grandma was ninety five. So I went over there on, on my own, so without my family. Well, without my immediate family my children and my husband went over there spent some time with her last year as i say turned 40 and then my youngest started school i looking back i can see that my soul was kind of whispering to me actually for a good while i mean just dipping into the act work thinking about you know ooh, doing acts in a workplace just being in you know intrigued by all these different possibilities um, while still doing my, my work it literally was the day that I dropped my my youngest off at school for her sort of first day and I was walking, I live in Nutsford in Cheshire and I was walking, I've got this lovely walk to my therapy room that I had then and I was walking across the park and my, like my stomach was just, everything felt kind of not quite right and I was just like, what is going on here? And then I just <laughs> And then it just this thought came into my head, and it was, "I don't want to work with children anymore." And I was like, oh "My God!" So I obviously, you know, did as we all do. Initially, it was, like, "Oh no, no, no! Don't have that thought." And then I was like, "No, no, no!" Accept, listen, you know, being aware of mm. that thought, and because I my whole career had been working with children. So I kind of that was a massive puzzle to me to be honest. So I carried on doing what I was doing but kind of just would have points in the in the day where I'd actually just sit with myself and sort of listen into what was kind of going on and and so yeah it was it kind of it grew from there and I just felt like I had another calling. It was really odd, actually, but I just felt really called to do something different in the world. I felt like I had something else to, to offer. And then it really did feel like I kind of became quite awakened to myself. And I went on to a coaching program and I spent a lot of time working out, well, what is this? You know, mm. I'm feeling pulled in a different direction. What what is this? Basically, I've just kind of been pivoting and working out what that is over the past sort of 12 months or so. And, and I feel really passionate now about working with women. I do love men. I absolutely, don't have any issue with men, but I feel really called to work with women around helping them free themselves from men- menopause anxiety. Mm. That's kind of where I've landed at. Um, with lots of sort of stepping stones to get to that point, but that's where I feel really sort of strongly. Yeah, it was a fascinating phase.
0: <laughs> love, I lo- love the way you describe this. There's there's real energy. You paint this really vivid picture of you walking across this park and this embodied experience.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was. You know, uh, it it was, I'm sure you can imagine, it was quite, it's just, it was that mixture of kind of fear, like, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, with curiosity, like, where's this come from, and excitement, Mm -hmm. something opening. It was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing, really. I mean, there's definitely been that theme of, theme of knowing you know obviously there's all different aspects to act and but this theme of of really focusing on my values and moving towards those has just been incredible because when I look back to when I decided to leave the NHS which was a massive decision it was um huge but so it was huge, but in a way it wasn't because absolutely at the heart of it were myself and my husband's values about our children and, and what we want, how we wanted things to be for them. Like I say, it's a kind of a long story, really. But it meant that if I went back to that job, that we weren't, being, we weren't kind of being true to our values. And this is before I'd kind of really knew a lot about ACT. So in a way, it was massive. And a lot of people are like, oh, my goodness, you know, choosing to, to leave that career in the mm. NHS. And it was huge, but in a way it wasn't because it mm. because I, we were so clear on our values. You know, so having mm. those values as a guide, are just, they, and then, of course, when we move towards them, all of the, everything kind of comes up and all those kind of, worries and thoughts and, and all the rest of it, it is a very rocky path but but when we're clear on that and we've got that ahead of us it does just make things so much so much easier mm.
0: doesn't it i guess it's that constant checking in of yeah. the values and it sounds like what i'm seeing in you or noticing in you is this courageous exploration does yeah. the continue to listen and find support which can facilitate your listening to find this direction so let's let's go into it let's delve okay. into this women and the menopause yeah tell me more <laughs> P supers this is our first ever commercial break an infomercial a message from our sponsor that kind of thing i don't have any sponsors but i would like to draw your attention As we're in December, to a particular product, and that is the Acceptance and Commitment Therapy Act Diary for 2020, a guide and companion for moving towards the things that matter in your life. And it's spiral bound, Peace Hoopers. I'm a big fan of this diary, it's the work of two wonderful human beings, Nick Hooper and Freddie Jackson-Brown. And I've used the diary for the last two years. I thought, what better way to tell you about it than to read some extracts from the reviews on Amazon. You can also get the diary directly from the publishers, Pavilion Publishing, and I'll put the links in the show notes for this episode. So, let's look at some reviews. I'll just read some extracts, because some of them are quite long. So, a chap called Joe Oliver says, I use and practice acceptance and mindfulness in my daily life. And this diary gives loads of practical ideas and inspiration to help me each day. Fiona Healy O'Neill says, a must buy for supporting meaningful changes in your life. Fiona says, this is my third year to receive a copy of the Act diary, and I was excited to see it land through the letterbox. Everyone has times in life when things get tricky, those months or even years when it all feels like wading through treacle, no matter what you do. I've had one of those times this year in particular. And having the Act Diary has been a reminder to keep the feet moving towards the things that matter. This really has made some very challenging times an awful lot easier to manage. How often can someone say that about something as simple and universal as a weekly diary? Also, Super's this is me. What a and brilliant gift rather than something you panic buy in the shop because you're just tired and a bit emotional. Elaine Casket said, third year using the diary and it's improved this year. Elaine says, I became aware of this values tracker diary in 2017, and have been using it ever since. What really matters to you can get easily obscured by the constant activity, distraction, and expectations in which we're constantly immersed. For anyone who's read Johann Harry's Lost Connections, or who's done certain types of psychotherapy, you may be aware that disconnection from values can contribute significantly to feelings of depression and anxiety. This diary is specifically designed to strengthen awareness and connection with one's own values, enabling users to live a richer life by aligning their activities and life choices with the stuff that really matters to them. Elaine says I keep the 2019 diary on my bedside table and do weekly planning, daily tracking and weekly roundups of my values and values-aligned actions. Another review says an invaluable companion in a hectic world. I find the older I get, the quicker time flies. This diary is carefully designed and constructed around an evidence-based science of human behaviour. I know it will help me keep track of how I'm showing up in every area of my life, even when life feels really hectic. The resources and reflection points during the year will also help me notice how my thoughts and feelings might be getting in the way of me moving towards what's important and meaningful for me. The 2019 version has been an invaluable companion during a challenging year on both the work and family fronts. The 2020 version is packed with supportive and useful resources, heartily recommended. And that review is from some fella called Ross McIntosh. Sounds like an absolute babe. Right gang, that's it, p is my first infomercial. I just wanted to share that with you in case you hadn't come across the diary and thought it might appeal. I'll put the links on the show notes. So now, let's return to my conversation with Becky Quick.
1: Well, I guess it's been it's fascinating really. Um so it's very much fueled by my own experiences and a lot of my, a lot of me you know my friends are kind of saying, "Hang on, you're 41. There's you know, menopause is absolutely nothing, you know. We're my, we're years from that." Mm. But actually, I've noticed over the past sort of year or so, very subtle but signs of hormonal changes. And actually, we now know there's this phase called the perimenopause, which... Mm. I mean, menopause needs a whole new rebrand and, and everything, really. Because really what, we talk, what what often we're talking about when we talk about the menopause is really we're talking about a lot of it is the perimenopause because that's the phase. It can be like 5 to 15 years before the actual menopause. Right. Um, so the, the menopause is, is actually a day. So sort of um, in terms of classification, the menopause mm. is the day – 12 months after your last period. So if you stop having periods, mm. then 12 months from the, the day after your, your last one, that is the manner Pause. Wow. Yeah, there are so many different phases of this because obviously mm. that's a phase in terms of when you are in that twelve months kind of phase up to it. But the perimenopause, which I, you know I believe means kind of around the menopause, you know we now know it does it can go on for quite a long time because and of course the hormones don't just sort of nicely sail to a you know to a different point. It's up and down and, and mm. it's, um, so yeah, I experience. The reason why I kind of have come to this point in working with um, women in the menopause is from my own experiences of tuning into my menstrual cycle, actually, at first, which with all my, you know, psychology background was just fascinating because by tuning into my menstrual cycle and where I'm at at different phases of the month and what that means and what I struggle with and when I have energy and when I don't, all that kind of stuff has been a massive game changer for me in my life in almost being able to use and really kind of tune into all those act processes and also feeling really compassionate towards myself. By tuning in it 's kind of I mean we have all these whole, these body changes going on on a monthly on a monthly mm. cycle that 's happening, and majority of women and that 's definitely me have just ignored them for for such a long time just crack on, get on with life, but by being having that awareness, it just means that you can understand why something's more difficult why you're more irritable why you're frustrated about something and therefore almost unhook from that just by being aware okay Mm -hmm. i'm in this phase i'm premenstrual this makes sense so i kind of explored that a lot and then also had some kind of perimenopausal symptoms so had really random out of the blue heart palpitations Mm. um both in the day and and at night time Yeah, which, I mean, at first I didn't realise they were sort of... I didn't think, oh, that's perimenopausal symptoms. I just... Well, like so many women, and I guess it is a complicated picture, but I was like, well, maybe that's stress. But they were kind of coming randomly. It wasn't like I was doing something stressful and then I'd feel them. They would just come out of the blue. At nighttime, they would come. They did come after I'd had, uh, I'd drunk alcohol. Mm. So, not, you know, I never drank a lot, but I would, I started having it where I would drink. And then, in the nighttime, I wake up absolutely drenched and have heart palpitations so and look, but looked into all this and and learned that in terms of alcohol, alcohol and hormonal changes is just a really bad combo so i've since i don't I now don't drink alcohol, so I don't have any of those sort of sweats or heart palpitations at nighttime, and just having that understanding that actually my body's probably going through some hormonal changes and I might have a, a heart flutter and just being able to kind of I, I just observed these palpitations again, sort of curious. You know, oh, this is oh, this is really interesting. But I could see that you could so easily get sort of pulled into worrying about that, mm. um, which I think a lot of women do. You know, you have these random, out of the blue, heart palpitations, and that can send a lot of women women onto a, sort of, down a spiral of of anxiety about heart palpitations or you know obviously lots of women have um there are lots of different symptoms related to the menopause but Mm. in terms of hot flushes or sweats those do obviously do happen but i guess what i'm really passionate about helping women with is that that layer of anxiety that then wraps around those symptoms because the and and a lot of women have been saying that actually the symptoms themselves they're not great but they're kind Mm. of okay but it's the then the anxiety that they really really struggle with so it might be you know a lot of anxiety about them feeling those symptoms at work you know Mm. going into a into a meeting or having a you know an important one-to-one or speaking at an event and just being very very anxious about them coming on at that point because um, because
0: they can come on at a kind of random times there's yeah, no there's no rhyme yeah. or reason
1: no 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 there isn't although the kind of worry of them happening and then leads into social anxiety and then of course they're more likely to happen i would say you know the more the more likely. sure to- sure so yeah but then that really holds women back you know i feel really kind of keen to to help women at this phase of life this sort of mid life Time it is very kind of pivotal. And I, I, I'm quite clear in my mind that the world really needs women at this point and post-menopause to be thriving and to be leaders. And we really need the, these women with the wisdom that they bring and the experience that they bring. Yeah, we need them more than ever. Mm. And, but actually what's happening is a lot of women are you know, leaving their careers through the menopause and i holding themselves back not progressing not going for those promotions on from- fear of not being able to, you know, be able to kind of carry out that role or just kind of feeling very very anxious um, and low in self-confidence. So yeah, so I'm kind of, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment, but very much focusing on the anxiety side to it. There's lots to the menopause, mm. but I guess I feel like my point on the the wall that I'm chipping away at is very much around um, helping women sort of free themselves from those anxiety mm. traps that they kind of get stuck into
0: wow blown away by what you're describing about women at work and we need them there hell yeah mm. we need them as our leaders and and our role models and then i find work complex enough already i'm a white male i've got it easy for god's sake but i found work complicated enough already with my own internal stuff and yeah. navigating that but to have this extra layer upon layer Of the physical connected to the unhelpful stuff is is a whole new unimaginable thing for me to navigate. And what you're doing is elevating the awareness of this using science, but you're also immense respect you you living your life out loud. Like I said, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. In certain elements, and I think that that is that is so powerful.
1: Yeah, and I guess. I mean this is we could say this for so many different you know groups of people but I just feel really drawn to help these women understand you know what we do with anxiety and how actually to try and you know push it away or avoid it or checking a lot of women say that they kind of then check their bodies am I going to have a, a symptom you know they're sort mm. of checking all those psychological processes which make complete sense because that's kind of what we just naturally do we're kind of you know monitoring threat, threat monitoring our bodies that's what's keeping them stuck and keeping and maintaining that that anxiety so i just feel really keen to just share Mm. some psychological skills to to yeah unhook from from those mm. traps really I mean all the kind of you know all the the wisdom that's been put out into the world by our by the fantastic people who do all the act research and all that kind of stuff I just want to kind of pull that together for this particular group and help them in that way because I'm I'm speaking to so many women who when and when I talk about sort of act stuff, it just turns everything on its head and they're they're kind of like, Wow, you know, and it makes sense. A bit like mm. how when I kind of, you know, started exploring act and was like, Oh yeah, this is really helpful. Yeah. Um and same for them. It's like, okay, you know, actually living with these symptoms and these hormonal changes and and also sometimes listening to them i feel like it's if you can just pause and listen in sometimes the symptoms are telling us something like for mm-hmm. me you know actually alcohol's not working very well with you at the moment in your body so let's just leave that for a bit mm. Or what it, whatever it might be, so just kind of listening and going with our bodies rather than trying to fight and not have those symptoms. It's mm. living with them, but living, you know, living a fulfilling and thriving life. Yeah.
0: Can you can you off the top of your head? Can you think of any examples of when you've shared this science with people and they've they've had that <laughs> moment? Any examples that might bring it to life for people? Are super's out there?
1: Yeah, um, well I was speaking to someone yesterday actually on kind of on a call and she does a lot of work so she herself is in the middle of or just almost getting towards the end of her menopause she would say but she she actually works with women in the workplace and she says and, and her kind of thing is around trying to gain as much kind of obviously menopause is so many different areas to it in terms of the actual physical and hormones mm. and HRT and and nutrition there's so much to it so she's kind of sharing what what she's learning with people with women in the workplace but I was talking to her about this and yeah she kind of was fascinated um, about about this sort of changing approach and actually just tuning into ourselves in this way and how that can kind of Sort of for she you know, for her, she's like, this is actually very freeing, so it was takes a while to land, doesn't it, this kind of this mm. kind of approach, but yeah, I think it can be it can just be quite transformational actually,
0: yeah, and the way you're describing it reminds me of interview i did with guy meadows from the sleep school yeah so this is exactly what he was describing in the way he applies act and what i'm seeing in you i'm going to add this to my research department notes <laughs> creativity you're bringing together these two things you found uh, an area that you're passionate about you're applying your tools to it yeah so ACT is it sounds like it's quite fundamental to your toolkit is there anything else you're yeah. bringing in
1: I am focusing in on, on ACT and anxiety at the moment because I feel like I need a kind of focus for 2020. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be developing some online courses purely around that. But in time and what I, what I kind of, if I work one-to-one, I'm, I'm helping women through something what I call the, the attunement process, which very much brings in kind of the ACT approach, but also... Um, some you know, compassion focused work, but also it, it then ties in with the work that I've done for, for, very, you know, for many years because working with the children and families that I've worked with, it's all been about attunement. So attunement between people, you know, obviously within relationships and attunement within ourselves. So just really helping helping women to tune in. And also, I guess another kind of element that I like to bring in is, is a kind of a narrative approach. Because the menopause just comes at this pivotal point in life and, you know, we have our kind of life story as it were and i think it's a really important phase for women to pause i think there's a real you know there's a the fact that it's called the menopause i think we can use that and actually it's a time to pause take stock and sort of sit back and sort of look at life at uh, the whole spectrum of of our lives mm. I, I've done this myself, you know, over the past couple of years and find it very liberating to sort of go, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's obviously when I was born. I don't know how life, how long life's going to go on till, but this is kind of my, my story and kind of what's been going on for me. And this is where I am now. And what, how do I want things to, what are the, the dreams that I have for the future? How do I kind of want things to be? And to have some kind of – and to help women to be empowered mm. to, to do that rather than kind of just living sort of almost unconsciously and with all the layers and stresses of, of modern life, just helping them to take stock and work out, you know, what direction – where do I want to go from mm. from now? So so yeah, kind of almost like a narrative, you know, like I used to do that a lot with with the with the families I work with, just helping children to, you know, understand their their life narrative and, and make sense of it. And similarly, you know with women really let's just mm. kind of make some make some sort of sense of this but yeah in terms of the insomnia is a really big issue within within menopause and um i had a really fast fascinating chat with guy meadows about this and he was saying how yeah how many women within this kind of you know age phase that they get through the sleep school struggling and for him what what he was also noticing are these additional stresses of life so whether it's caring for you know elderly parents and whether it's children leaving you know leaving home and that kind of empty nest you know it's such a phase such a kind of time where there's a lot going on for women and then obviously all the hormonal changes and that does you know that does have an impact on on sleep uh, physiologically mm. but you know he was talking about how using a kind of act approach rather than kind of using a cbt in terms of do this do this actually using this kind of act approach with insomnia has been very very well they found it to be extremely helpful at the sleep school so so yeah we were sort of chatting and wondering whether there's something we might do together in the future so we'll we'll see
0: wow. Yeah. That, that feels like a, a really powerful combination. And hearing you speak there about the different layers, like caring for elderly relatives, I yeah. want to give you a special mention from my sister, who's really excited that I'm talking to you today. So Ali... Here's your little fan moment. So <laughs> she's a big fan. She wanted to see if she could get on one of your courses. This is the sister. I've oh, only got one sister. She lives yeah. in Ostwick. Oh, and yeah. but she'll be she couldn't make the dates work. But she's she'll be delighted to hear about this online
1: mm,
0: stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. So, just a little shout out to her
1: well and interestingly just uh, you know I'm going to reflect some kind of love back to you but in terms of Guy you know obviously I heard him on your podcast Mm. I know where he came to the act in the workplace thing as well but you know because I'd listened to your podcast and I knew that he you know about the sleep school that made me think oh and a lot of the women are saying to me we you know really struggling with insomnias Mm. one of the biggest issues relate to anxiety so then we connected so it's it's you know yeah
0: (laughs) excellent thank you
1: Ross the connector
0: I love I'll have that yeah (laughs) I'm thinking about organizations I've worked in and thinking about the way people talk about the menopause both women and men yeah and and there's some self-deprecation around it I think and there's some I think there's some stuff said that's downright offensive. Like if if someone observes a woman behaving in a mm. in a particular way, they, they might go, "Ooh, time of the months," or "Ooh, do you want me to open the window, love? Are you a bit hot," sort of thing. But also, I notice women will do this too. Mm. If they if they forget something, they'll they'll make light of it. And mm. I don't know. I, I'm not that comfortable with this because. I think it's just something in the workplace. We've evolved to make light of it. Yeah.
1: That- it's when, while you're talking there, I've got a really kind of this kind of deep, sad feeling in my stomach. The whole culture around this is is massive, you know, mm. and needs lots of, of lots of work put, kind of put into this. And and it's because it's it then taps into lots of things: sexism, ageism. It's kind of everything rolled into one, really. It's almost like a perfect storm uh, for women at this time of life. So there's a lot that needs to be done. And I get, but what is really fascinating uh, that I'm finding, anyway, is compared to any other piece of work I've done, really, or any kind of focus, I get, in, I'm getting such a strong sense of community and collaboration between people who are wanting to really shift. Mm. this perception and really help help ourselves and other women through this through this phase. That is incredible. I don't mm. feel like a kind of preciousness at all. I feel like we're all kind of right, okay, let's really get together, you know, real really kind of connect and as a and as a kind of collective really shift this this mm. perception. I I mean a lot of women say, and I and I just have to listen to this because obviously I am earlier on in my forties. So, um, but what really gets my goat, but but that is talked about a lot, is that women feel like they become invisible. That word "invisible" comes up so often, I can't tell you. Mm. And it really rattles me. I mean, I am a bit of a I'm a bit of a, a, a rebel and oh man, the thought I'm just like, no, no, goddammit. Because actually it's his. It, it it has the potential to become such an amazing time of women's lives. And there are women out there who are, you know, post-menopause saying it is fan fantastic you know lots of people say that the the energy in your menstruating years goes into your womb and then Mm. post-menopause it goes into your soul You know, so there are women out there doing, you know, and leading the way and doing amazing things, but that's not a strong narrative yet. We haven't shifted that narrative. I mean, I did a a very short talk on World Menopause Day back in October and was very much kind of trying to sort of think about shifting this narrative Mm. and for it to be, um, yes, a kind of change, but it could be a really empowering, amazing change. Mm. and the feedback from the room was pretty it was incredible actually they were just so excited to hear a different story that could be told and there were a couple of women in the room who were postmenopause who were saying yeah this is the story but it's just not out there mm. it's very, the, the the kind of narrative is you know you're over the hill you're past it and all that kind of stuff which just yeah like you say that kind of cultural the culture of that just has a massive impact mm. on on individuals
0: as a, as an overprivileged white male who works across several organizations what yeah. can we do what tips would you give us we can in a stereotypical pathetic man way not want to go there
1: yeah not yeah. not
0: want to talk yeah. about this yeah but, and I'm really happy to talk about it. But are there any steers you might give us uh, to help us start conversations? Say, if if you're a leader with a whole diverse range of staff, if you're a colleague, if you're hell, if you're a husband, a brother, a yeah. son, yeah. what can the boys do yeah. rather <laughs> yeah. than just be Egypts.
1: <laughs> well, I like everything probably the starting point that i think is just so key is curiosity and empathy mm-hmm. a lot of women have said to me uh, well when i've asked them what would be you know where's the kind of starting point with with what you kind of need when you're struggling through this phase and they they a lot of women have said empathy you know mm. kind of but I think curiosity comes before that so in terms of in the workplace or as a partner or what whatever it might be it's sort of accepting this is this is acts you know obviously in action really but mm. kind of being aware and and taking with those kind of that kind of fear of oh I don't want to kind of talk about it and will it make them feel this that and you what have you all that kind of chitter chatter that kind of goes on but actually stepping forward with curiosity and openness mm. and kind of asking curiously um so I guess if someone's seeing someone struggling in the workplace then then being open and curious so mm. to how is that, how does that affect you? How, you know, how are you feeling? Just those kind of curious questions, really. Mm. I mean, the thing is, I think it's always about your, how you actually relate, isn't it? And kind of what you get across in terms of the way you speak to somebody. That I think is then then very freeing because then a woman can say, well, yeah, you know, I, you know, whatever it might be, what I'm, what they're struggling with, or, or what have you. But kind of having that curious, open um, stance Mm. is is the first step. I
0: I always think. I think you're making me think because I'm probably going to be designing some stuff for one organisation around having cracking conversations. I'm calling it. I've seen this many times in organisations where. A male boss wants to talk to a woman about lady issues.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And the way they go like that, I'm, <laughs> I'm mimicking what they say. Oh, I'm not going to ask because it's a lady, a lady issue. that 's that? For God's sake, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We're in 2019.
1: But I guess that's helping the men, you know with that because obviously mm. they're, they're, there's anxiety there isn't yeah. there
0: yeah but if, you know, if i and... can if we can design courses so people can talk about things like a menopause like periods like yeah. Yeah. menstruation things like grief as well yeah. these things that people these are ways to to give people some behavioral rehearsal time and some yeah. and some pointers and how they can approach that conversation in a yeah. flexible Curious way,
2: yeah,
0: that will then make loads of other conversations much easier. Yeah, so if we go with the stuff that is perceived as crikey, I could never talk to a colleague about that, then hey, we're opening lots of really fundamental yeah. doors in yeah. the workplace.
1: I heard about um, I'm trying to think who told me, I can't remember now, but someone was telling me about uh, this amazing woman leader, I can't remember which. Um, which company it was now. But anyway, this this woman who was very, very high up in this organization Mm -hmm. and she, you know, started going through the menopause and was experiencing different symptoms. And she just made it really clear to everybody that there will be times where actually I'm not going to be able to come in because I'm, you know, whatever, if I'm feeling particular symptoms and what have you. And she just made it really clear and obvious and Mm -hmm. then was kind of out there with it really. Um, You know, so therefore I'll do work from home or... And was just kind of open and Mm. and I think that's just very liberating. (laughs) As you would do with any other kind of health issue really, if if Mm. it's got to that point where actually you feel like, no, I need to work from her, you know, because it's then of course you're gonna then be more productive if you tune into where you're at and what you need, ultimately. Mm. You're gonna be more productive. But of course we need more of those sort of conversations and for that to be, you know.
0: So we need to keep talking about it and and we need to reflect on if we're thinking about an organization as a, as a unit where we want to get value out of it, we need to be talking about the perimenopause as well. Yeah. If that, that lasts for, yeah. I think you said, between 5 I and 15, 15 years. years. Yeah, yeah. That's such a large part of the working life. And it feels like yeah. we know from, from research on gender in the workplace that the people have described it as the glass ceiling. They're yeah. now describing it as more like a labyrinth Okay. To get through yeah, and in yeah. one paper I read, I'll put it on the show notes. Yeah. But they're saying that there's a labyrinth to get through and men are given the map on a high level view. Women aren't. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like that analogy. And then the other one is the Glass Cliff, <laughs> where women can be put in precarious leadership positions because they're seen as having these qualities of connection compassion and being able to deliver difficult messages Mm. and and, Mm. i mean going beyond this but it's those inequalities we've still got that are rife yeah this is another really practical way to raise the issues and enable those conversations to take place i think yeah Yeah. but it's like it feels like crikey there's so much history to chip away at yeah
1: yeah there is yeah absolutely but i i but I feel i mean there's a real momentum kind of growing around a much more like I say positive narrative around menopause and support and on the back of lots of things, and I kind of feel like. There's lots of work that's gone before for lots of different parts. Think about the workplace, in the workplace, you know, we're kind of, there's lots of chipping away at different parts of the wall mm. and we're, we're kind of, we're heading, in, you know, I think in, in the right direction. I mean, something that I'm really interested in in terms of the workplace, and I'm going to meet with Nikki say no I think that's say no that's how you pronounce her surname but anyway Nikki she's the parent mentor I don't know if you've heard about this scheme but it's a scheme where within companies parents Mm. mentor parents who are returning to work so okay mums and dads that have been off on maternity paternity leave or what have you they then have a mentor within the organization to to go to which is fab in terms of organizations you know it's no external person coming in it's someone within your organization who knows your organization knows the culture and then they they can kind of mentor them i'm just really fascinated and whether We could set something up around uh, the menopause, menopause mentoring, Mm. you know, and kind of actually having someone within your organization who you can kind of buddy up with and just have that mentor Mm. um, would just give you that, that secure base to go to, you know, and kind of help you navigate that with someone who's kind of gone ahead of you, as it were. Mm. um so i'm quite i mean this is these are just i mean i yeah i have lots of different (laughs) thoughts um, but that's i mean i'm interested Mm. in that as a model see whether that could be helpful within the workplace i don't know what you think
0: about that instinctively i'd say yes because because a mentor can can talk about their route how they navigated the labyrinth perhaps Yeah. yeah And allow that person to maybe get a glimpse of what obviously there'll be the symptoms and experiences will be different. Yeah. But if they can give them more clarity on the labyrinths.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then that could be phenomenal. I, yeah. I love that idea. Yeah. And, that, and that willingness from both sides to talk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we'll see about that. Mm. That kind of project.
0: So what what else does 2020 have in store for you? What are, what are the plans? What can you reveal or tease us with? Yeah,
1: well, I am really focusing on creating this online course around freeing yourself from menopause anxiety. And then from that kind of I I need to update my website. I feel like I'm almost like ahead of myself talking about things before I've actually done the bit mm. you see that's that is kind of how i roll <laughs> i just kind of move and do stuff and then work things out as i i like to find out listen research you know people's experiences etc etc marry that up with what i've got to offer and then develop things
0: Mm. from there,
1: rather than developing something, launching it and see how it lands.
0: I think that has a real level of authenticity to it because we can see as a noticer, and we yeah. can see it evolving as it evolves for you and it yeah. it's it's really engaging.
1: Well, yeah, but I guess because we want to be as helpful as possible basically, don't mm. we? You know, so it's yet yeah, working out how that can be. So, I'm doing that and then and with that I will be producing, I'm really keen to produce free content, free mm. um downloads and workbooks and all that kind of stuff to start. Start women on that journey really in terms of understanding this this sort of this extra layer of anxiety on top of symptoms that Mm. we experience in a different way so and also I, I really love speaking I've kind of realized how much I love doing speaking events which is really exciting because I used to do it a lot when I was younger um, used to do a lot of public speaking, and then I haven't so much really. Or I've always done it, but I've always kind of sort of forced my way through that anxiety before I kind mm. of really embodied act. Whereas now, because I welcome and take my, you know, my passengers from my <laughs> on my bus with me, I don't feel really free to to speak, and I quite enjoy that. So, so hopefully, doing some some more speaking to kind of to help shift the cultural kind of the, the culture around this so so yeah the primary thing is this kind of online course because you're the, just to kind of add in it's not necess- it's not particularly relevant for this conversation mm. but i do run my original business still through that i still deliver I'm a, i deliver reports to the courts, so i'm an expert witness in yeah. the family courts so i do a lot of expert witness assessments blah, mm. blah 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 so i still do that that takes up a lot of time. And that frees me up to sort of slowly work out how I can best help these women. And and I feel like it's an online, Mm. at the moment, it's an online course around this.
0: I love what you're saying about groups and noticing that you really like it. That's one thing I've noticed this year, coincidentally, is that I love bringing that curiosity, but also the unexpected. It's like tales of the unexpected. (laughs) What might happen or what might someone ask? And I love that. But I think we're also reaching more people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very motivated by that. Very. I guess from being one to one or, you know, yeah, one to one in a therapy room, uh, which absolutely has its place, mm. 100%. But for me, I feel like actually how I can best be my best self in this world is, uh, w- you know, one to many. Mm. And, and so the other week I did this, this only half hour kind of talk with some business owners around visibility in, uh, mm. you know, becoming more visible in your business. And I used the passengers on the bus metaphor. Uh, we didn't act it out. We didn't have time. But mm. I just kind of talked through that. And and then they just totally got it. Mm. And then in there, they then all, you know, introduced themselves at the end of their businesses. And they kind of just happened to mention a little bit about what they got from the session. And they all were using the analogy that in the words they were using. And I was just sat there thinking, Oh, this is just great. You know, to, so there are about 25, 30 people. And I just thought fab. You know, just click you know, just got them Mm. thinking about things in a slightly different way, taking those passengers with them on their journey towards Mm. being visible in their business. And and I just thought that's yeah, that kind of fills me up really. It's very fulfilling to help people in that way.
0: Boom. Yeah. Love it. Becky, you know you'll also know, being a P super that I like to just finish off the the podcast episode with a takeaway. Is there there any, is there any takeaway that springs to mind that you would be willing to share with our pea supers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The takeaway that, um, that I would want to share on this kind of topic around menopause and, and and anxiety is it's actually like a hashtag be more whale. And I'll explain this. So Mm the the takeaway is is linked to the this biological fact i don't know if you knew this um ross but humans and whales as in the sea animal yeah um are the only animals in the whole world and kingdom that have a menopause did you know that hell no right so isn't it weird that humans have a menopause why do we stop being able to have babies as a species Mm -hmm. and 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 kind of needing to you know reproduce and continue it's fascinating that that we do that we do have a menopause and it's only us and whales so whales also have a menopause Mm -hmm. so every other animal species the females can keep reproducing from birth to death which actually makes sense in terms of evolution but we don't and whales don't Mm. now look at the whales they so the female whales they you know can reproduce and then they go through the menopause and they stop being able to reproduce and then they become the leaders of the pod they share their wisdom of the oceans Um, with and you know all of that with their their school and they are the leaders of the pod and I feel like that's a really nice way of thinking about you know women and how this potential and I'm not like I say I'm not kind of uh, pushing men away but could we join together and could actually women post-menopause become these wise experienced leaders that we we need them to be both for our families mm. in our communities in work you know can we join together and with men and and have women lead and and be more whale
0: perfectly encapsulated <laughs> i love it hashtag be more whale. Yeah. you heard it here possibly <laughs> first i'm not sure but uh um... i don't think so Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. That's amazing. And can we get the links to all your channels and presences to put yeah. on the show notes yeah. for this?
1: Yeah, yeah, Oh, absolutely. And if you
0: if you do have any any research from the area as well, if you could put any links to that, that would be amazing. Yeah,
1: we haven't talked about that actually, but I there there isn't the the only research that's mm. that's been done and which is fantastic in terms of Dr. Myra um hunter who's she's, she's a professor at king's college she she's done a lot of work around cbt for mm. menopausal symptoms but more specifically hot flushes but that's kind of it there's nothing out there that i can find please oh my goodness i'd love to hear this somewhere well, around act but there's none you and, super and, if, yeah. if you're
0: aware of any research or if you are a researcher and are looking for an avenue hello, yeah. here's your revenue. Yeah. Oh, this it, is amazing.
1: Yeah, there's nothing out there. So I'm kind of, yeah, so that would be, we, we need that, but that's mm. not, I can't kind of go ahead and, and do that on my own. So I am looking for people to sort of join this, join forces. But yeah, so there's nothing really around So like I say, the CBT, but I feel really passionate about actually just... Looking at acts as a, as a different mm. way of, of, of it. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. And the other thing to say is that I am so open to people getting in touch with me in with with whatever that might be, mm. like in a really genuine, you know, connecting. So I always um, encourage anybody that wants to get you know, get in touch. We can have a chat and yeah. Wow,
0: thank you on many many levels for your for that generosity. But also your generosity today and sharing what you've shared, giving us those insights and and your reflections. I'm all over this. I'm hooked on what's happening. And I feel so much more well informed now as well. So I'm immensely grateful for you taking the time to come and share it here. Thank you very much. Oh, and I suspect this isn't going to be your last appearance on this podcast. So because I'm thinking there's going to be some evolution going on here. Yeah. Yeah. So for now, Becky Quick, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, thanks so much, Ross. It's been great.
0: Peace, Supers, That's it. In the bag. I'd like to thank Becky for her creativity, energy and openness. I so admire the work she's sharing. And I wonder if we can get the hashtag be more BeMoreWhale trending. I think we might do one day. If you like this episode or the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioural science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, rating or review are also very much appreciated. The show notes are at rossmackintosh.co.uk and this includes links to a few different platforms. You can find even more links if you search for PeopleSoup on Linktree. Now, you need to know where to find us. So how can you get in touch with us? You can email us at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On the Twitter, we are at peoplesouppod. On Instagram, we are at people.soup. And on Facebook, we are at peoplesouppod. Thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic and to you for listening. Have a great week, supers, and bye for now. You know when you do an online course sometimes and it's like hello (laughs) and welcome to our online. We know yours isn't going to be like that. No, it's
2: not, yeah.